Hello and welcome to the NerdGoblin.com podcast. I'm Guy, and with me as always is Bill. This podcast is an extension of the NerdGoblin.com website, a website providing news, articles, and entertainment as it relates to nerd culture, including games, TV, movies, books, and comics. We want to thank you for tuning in and listening. We truly appreciate our fan support, and it's why everyone at NerdGoblin.com works so hard on the content we produce. Before we dive into this week's episode, please take a moment to visit us on social media, like us on Facebook, and subscribe to our Twitter page. Liking and reviewing this podcast on the iTunes Store, SoundCloud, or wherever you download your podcast would be greatly appreciated. And please, share Nerd Goblin with your friends. Hello everyone, and welcome back to the newest installment of the NerdGoblin.com podcast. We are going to talk about a couple things this week. First of all, I think we mentioned last week the X-Men Apocalypse trailer debuted. Uh, I believe it was on December 11th or 10th or something like that. And we've, of course, seen it, and hopefully everyone else has. And we want to talk about not only this trailer, but also maybe some of the previous X-Men movies and the X-Men universe in general, what we think about it, how we feel about it, and where we hope it goes in the future. But first, I think we're going to do a little short talk about a TV series that we're both enjoying quite a bit, and that is Ash versus Evil Dead. So with that in mind, Bill, why don't you go ahead and kick us off with your thoughts on that show? So yeah, there were a pair of Evil Dead movies like 30 years ago, and then there was uh, Army of Darkness, which was, in my opinion, the best of the three movies. Uh, it kind of had, I suppose, and I'm, this is, I'm going to use this with a grain of salt, the best special effects. The original two were like straight out of the 70s special effects, even though the Movies themselves were made, I want to say, in the either late 80s or early 90s. It, it's a, Ash vs. Evil Dead is, it's a fun series. There's not a lot to talk about in terms of like, kind of like plot and everything. It's not very thick. I mean, the episodes themselves are only, they only run about 30 minutes or so each. It's just a fun show to watch. I mean, you do have to have a subscription to stars, uh, which generally speaking, it comes with a lot of like basic premium, I shouldn't say basic, but premium cable packages. It's, an excellent fun show to watch. I highly recommend it. If you have any inclination towards the genre, it sort of makes a little bit of fun at the same time. It has fun with the like sort of zombie risen from the dead genre and certainly that over the top gore sort of thing. Yeah, it's a, it's two thumbs up, you know, whether or not they're attached to your hands. You know, one thing that I noticed about this show, and it was actually apparent from the very first episode, and it's continued to follow the same line. I was, well, full disclaimer, I never saw Evil Dead or Evil Dead 2. The only one I saw was Army of Darkness, but I enjoyed it. You know, like you said, the special effects are a little silly. If I'm not mistaken, I think Sam Raimi and company were maybe film students when they made the first movies. I don't know if they were quote-unquote professionals by the time they made Evil uh, or Army of Darkness, rather. But, you know, nevertheless, it was low budget and campy and silly and whatnot. But that said, the TV series, I noticed right away, it had a certain level of seriousness to it. And, you know, I'm using that sort of, uh, I don't know, not tongue-in-cheek, but uh, loosely when I say that it was, uh, you know, having a certain level of seriousness. But it was not 100% cheesy and campy and ridiculous. You know what I mean? There is there is a story going on there. There's the uh, the police officer lady whose name escapes me right now. You know, her progression through the story is sort of anchoring it in the in the realm of seriousness if if you know where i'm getting with that yeah i kind of hear what you're saying with that it certainly has a, a little bit more of a i guess serious effect than any of the previous movies i mean to begin with it's not a one-off like the others were so 
they developed into cult classics and it almost makes you wonder if like when they designed and created these movies in the first place and if they had that possible fate in mind. But I think what separates this from the previous movies, uh, really it's the development of these other characters, the, his two sidekicks. They're, they're more important. Any character in the previous movies was generally expendable from the moment you were introduced to them. You knew this, like, Either Ash was going to have to kill them when they became deadites, or they were going to be killed by deadites. Well, let me ask you this real quick, because again, I haven't seen Evil Dead 1 or 2. Did any of the characters from those movies progress through and actually make it into the Army of Darkness movie, or no. or is it just Ash? No, no, it's just Ash. The whole thing is just Ash. And that's really the, probably the major way where this series departs from the original movies, is that it's clearly more than just Ash, and the previous movies were just Ash. The whole movie was focused on basically Ash and the book and those two things. And the book, when I re- I'm referring to the Necronomicon, the book of Evil Dead or Evil Dead Names or whatever the heck it means. And uh, that's what's responsible for bringing the forces of hell into our universe, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's it's a silly storyline, but it's fun. The over-the-top to- gore is over-the-top, but it's fun. Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head with the... Uh you know, supporting cast. I, I am enjoying pa- the characters of Pablo and uh, Kelly quite a bit. I, you know, I'm only on episode seven, I think is the newest one. I'm not really sure what's going on with Lu- Lucy Lawless's character. I forget the character's name, you know, in the last episode and quote unquote, spoiler alert, she kind of dies. She gets burnt to death and just sort of resurrects out of the pile of ashes. I'm not sure what's going on there. And then, of course, like we mentioned, there was the female police officer lady. She's, I guess, sort of joining the group now instead of hunting them down to arrest Ash. But yeah, all the supporting characters I'm really enjoying. And it's sort of it's really just Ash that's keeping it true to the original source material in that it's funny and campy and silly. Everyone else is, you know, like I said, kind of anchored in the real world of seriousness to at least a certain degree yeah i mean i really hesitate to use that s word anywhere near this series but uh it's it's fun lucy lawless makes a great antagonist and she's made a great antagonist in battlestar galacta galactica she made a great antagonist in uh the other star series um gladiator something spartacus there we go yeah so she she makes a she plays that role really well and it's funny because she came from playing the heroine in her younger days as xena the warrior princess but she, she adds great life to the series. But you know what? Again, I just, I really want to stress this. It's just a fun show. There's not a lot to talk about. There's not, it's not like really uh, cliffhanger worthy. It's not going to entertain your mind in some kind of serious story driven way. Don't expect that. Just go in expecting to have a good gory time. You know, here's something that I want to point out. We've talked about this in the past, at least not directly, but indirectly. Special effects in TV shows and how we shouldn't expect there to be great special effects and how it's hard to do these big budget ideas as long, you know, multi-episode series and whatnot. I was relatively impressed with the special effects that they've done in this show. And while they're almost Quentin Tarantino-esque in the over-the-top gore at times, things like the episode where they summon that demon and it's this weird twitchy effect where everything's kind of phasing in and out, but its mouth is totally still. I mean, that was super creepy. And, you know, they do the makeup and special effects on the Deadite characters, the most recent episode being the Deadite Lem, who was, like, breathing fire down in the the crazy militia bunker or whatever. I thought it was all really well done, and it sort of brings to, you know, mind to me that, like, I think we're getting to the point where near cinema theatrical quality special effects are going to become the norm in these types of series. Yeah, I think that's absolutely the just natural evolution of entertainment production i think you see 
special effects get used in movies, and that raises the bar for what we expect to see in movies. I mean, you could think back at some watershed moments in movies. And, I, geez, I, I don't know, Star Wars, obviously, was one of them. Uh, another was uh, the original Jurassic Park. That was another one. And basically, every every movie after that, anytime you see anything like a dinosaur, it better be done at least as well as Jurassic Park. Anytime you see, you know, laser cannons firing after Star Wars, it better be at least as good as Star Wars. And if not, it's it falls into this sort of B-movie category. And now all we're having is that television entertainment and Netflix, and I, I hesitate to call them the same thing or not, but television entertainment production largely require that same sort of path. And it's sort of like at some point they're certainly behind where movies are, but they're on their own path that progresses naturally. And I just think it's normal. I think it's to be expected. Yeah, well, the moral of the story is we're both enjoying the show. If you haven't watched it yet and you can get your hands on a Star subscription somehow, you should check it out. I don't know. You have anything else you want to mention about this before moving on to probably the meat of our discussion, which is, uh, as previously mentioned, going to be talking about the X-Men trailer and uh, universe in general. Yeah, let's go into X-Men. I mean, uh, I think we've said all there is to say about uh, Ash versus Evil Dead. Right on. Well, you know, I saw the trailer when it came out. I watched it again a couple of times because obviously I'm looking forward to this being a big fan of X-Men and Marvel movies and whatnot. One of the big takeaways for me was, and I, you know, I mentioned this to you in passing, they didn't focus on the character Psylocke, who's going to be played by Olivia Munn. I mean, there was just a brief fleeting glance at her, and it wasn't even in costume. It was just a close-up close of her face. And in most of the X-Men movies, there was always this kind of theme of, like, the new featured mutant that they're going to introduce in the movie. Like, one of my favorite X-Men movies being the second one, it was a big deal that they featured Nightcrawler. And I sort of thought they were going to do that same sort of thing here. Um, that's why I was expecting to see a lot of Psylocke in the in the trailer. So that was a little bit of a letdown. But other than that, I was actually really impressed with this, and I expect it to be the best X-Men movie that we're going to have so far. I mean, I wasn't really a big fan of the first class, and the the new crew of actors playing all the younger characters, I, I didn't think they really did it great. For example, uh, Jennifer Lawrence as Mystique. I thought Rebecca Romaine made a better Mystique, personally. You know, I guess I could probably say I feel the same way about all of the characters. Honestly, I liked the originals better for the most part. Um, but anyway, I don't know. What did you take away from the trailer? Well, first of all, to comment on what you just said, I couldn't disagree with you more. I personally like the new uh, range of characters much better. And that's not to say that some of the original ones uh, weren't excellent. But that said, I think they just bring a, a greater vibrance, a greater uh, life to the to the characters. And I think it's a unique opportunity for you know Fox to retell the X-Men story without retelling the same story. And they sort of created that, right, by X-Men First Class storyline and then the uh, Days of Future Past storyline uh, really is where they allowed themselves, they afforded themselves that luxury to go back and say, okay, everything after this point in time is going to be different. There's a different plot. There's different uh, events, etc. Sure, yeah. So it, it gave them that possibility. So we have both the new actors playing the the younger characters but we also have potentially a, a new universe and a, you know a new series of events as far as the trailer now i saw i saw what you said about uh psylocke and she's just never really one of my favorite characters so honestly to me i was more excited to see uh jean gray getting portrayed uh, sophie turner is going to be playing her and it, it looks like she's going to be knock it out of the park on that we're also going to see storm mohawk storm in introduced as the younger version uh, we're going to see the younger Scott. Let's see. I, I mean, 
Oh, you know what else? Actually, now that, now that you think, now that you mention it, now that I think about it, Quicksilver. They showed Quicksilver in that movie. Now, yeah, they did. Now, now that didn't make sense to me because it, it implies that there's going to have to be some kind of either uh, time change or something. Now, wasn't he not like? Wasn't he supposed to be like in the Days of Future Past timeline? Uh, maybe I'm confused. Did Did they ever really imply no. when Apocalypse is set? I don't think they did no, I, so it still should be in the 60s or maybe into the 70s yeah, right uh, yeah i'm i'm confusing see this this all gets a little confusing yeah but i'm looking forward to seeing quicksilver in any event because his scene in days of future past was one of the best scenes in the entire movie you know it's funny the the contrast between quicksilver in the x-men movie and then quicksilver in uh avengers 2 I thought that Fox did a much, much better job with that character than Marvel did with Quicksilver in Age of Ultron. Well, they serve different purposes. If you're asking me which one I enjoyed more, by far it's Fox's version. But they made it lighthearted and funny. They like made it sort of comic relief, and it served an action purpose, and it served a plot purpose all at the same time. They poked fun at you know the implication that he's Magneto's son. Whereas, of course, in the Marvel Universe, in, in the Avengers film, we can't even acknowledge Magneto's existence. We can't even acknowledge the, you know, mutant's existence. So I think their hands were a little bit tied with the character to begin with. But it also, in the Avengers movie, he serves more of a dramatic or, a, I don't know, a, a redemption story, maybe. Uh, there was something more to it in that regard. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. It just, to me, he felt like... Maybe not an afterthought. I can't think of a better way to phrase it. it. It just felt like the character was a little hollow, whereas he was more fleshed out and more relatable, more interesting in the X-Men film, which is funny because, you know, generally we always tout how Marvel does everything much better than Fox or Sony or, you know, whoever's making any of these other comic-related movies. But in this case, you know, Fox nailed it. Well, you know, they, they had a lot more opportunity. Aside from the things that I mentioned, they also portray Quicksilver, Fox portrays Quicksilver as like not a hero like not heroic at all there's nothing heroic about him he's like a slacker taking advantage of his superpower to you know profit himself and he comes through in this big moment for the group but it's not even like he's doing it for the right reasons he's doing it because you know he's quasi coerced and quasi bribed into doing it so i think it's just a more fun opportunity to take a look at a flawed character a, a mutant a superhero who's really just taking advantage of his situation and i mean not for nothing but Correct me if I'm wrong, Quicksilver was often an antagonist in the comics. He wasn't necessarily purely uh, a heroic type ever. So in a way, by showing this teen version of himself, they're giving you a glimpse into what makes him develop into this, to this character he becomes later. Now, the other thing that I was impressed with, with this trailer, and seeing the early production photos of Apocalypse, I was like, ugh, what are they doing with this character? You know, he, he resembles the, the character from the comic books, but obviously they took a lot of liberties. And for whatever reason, Fox and the X-Men, you know, universe, their movies, their cinematic X-Men universe, if, if, if you want to call it that, and the director, Brian Singer, they seem to be terrified to use costumes yes. that resemble the, the superhero costumes. You know what I yes, mean? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think they kind of have to. I think it takes something away from the movie in terms of uh, the modern moviegoers experience and especially people who aren't familiar with the comics. And we, we brought this up in a previous podcast that the majority of the moviegoers are not comic fans. So they have to be the ones that the movie is ultimately created to entertain. Like the, it's their money that the movie studios are going to get. If it were just for comic fans, the movie would never be made. Sure, but I mean, you know, they this isn't Fox, of course, but 
obviously Sony has accepted like Spider-Man wears a costume. Marvel and Disney have said like Captain America wears a costume. Thor wears a costume. Everybody but Fox seems to want to jump on board here. And I don't know. I mean, come on. Spider-Man's costume is a thousand times cooler than the X-Men costumes. Yeah, some of the X-Men have good costumes. Iron Man's costume is the character, in a manner of speaking. Hulk becoming Hulk is the character. I mean, okay, could you dress Thor differently? But, I mean, he'd he'd probably look a little bit stupid just, you know, flying around without without the uh, accoutrements of being Thor. I think they're allowed to do this because the nature of the X-Men costumes is a little bit campy and they want to avoid being that. It's a little bit too, uh, you know, orange jumpsuit-ish. Well, anyway, the, the reason I brought this up was in the trailer when I finally saw Apocalypse in action, you know, other than just the still photos, I was really impressed with the way he was uh, implemented, the the feeling you got when he was on screen. Like, you know, Apocalypse is from the comic book series and assuming they're going to follow this uh, idea, he's supposed to be one of the most imposing mutants ever. The first mutant, he's got all sorts of crazy powers, not the least of which is, you know, being able to mind control other mutants and make them serve as his four horsemen and what not so yeah i was really impressed with their implementation of apocalypse especially after like i said being a little skeptical from those early production photos of the of the makeup and costuming yeah i i don't want to say that i was excited about him as you sound to be he looked like a good villain it it seemed like whoever the actor is playing and it seemed like they're going to be doing a good job but in the end for me it's more about seeing the you know full team in action to me x-men was always about well it was less about focusing on one particular X-Men and, you know, that X-Men has traditionally in the Fox movies been Wolverine, of course. And it's been more about how they synergize, how their powers combined are used in ways that make, you know, they're the greater than the sum of their parts, so to speak. So I really feel like maybe we're going to get a greater taste of that because it seems like the actual team is going to be larger and much more focused on in the actual plot and the mechanics of the story. You know, I'm not sure where they're going to go with the story. I guess, you know, the idea, they show, uh, what's his name? Warren Worthington, a.k.a. Angel, right? They show him with the metal wings. In, in the comic book stories, he lost his wings. And Apocalypse said, hey, I'll give you your wings back if you serve me. And he does. But what he ends up doing is kind of tricking him. He gives him these metal wings. He kind of turns his skin blue and instead of being Angel. He's Archangel. He's Arch- yeah. He's Archangel, yeah. So we we saw that just ever so briefly. I don't know. You might have even missed it if you weren't paying attention that he's flying through the air with the with the metal wings. Or the original quote unquote four horsemen of apocalypse, though. Other than him, they were a bunch of no name characters. I couldn't even tell you their names. They weren't like it wasn't Psylocke. You know, like right. I assume Psylocke is going to be one of the horsemen, right. and I don't know who the other two are going to be. So I guess you know what what are they going to do with that storyline? Clearly, they're going to change it from the original stories. But I, well, you say other two. Who are the two? One of them is going to be I don't Arch- even know. Archangel's going to be one of them. Um, my gut instinct, and I, you know, I don't know if I read something that was produced or just my instinct, but I'm pretty sure Storm is going to be one of them. That's that's my guess anyway. Yeah, but yeah, I could see that working out too. And then for the fourth one, uh, yeah, I, I'm not even sure. You know, we mentioned Wolverine, so he's missing from this. Is he? I guess I didn't see him, did I? I I mean, for one, he's not going to be played by, what's his face? Australian guy. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. (laughs) Yeah, I can't believe I forget Hugh Jackman's name, but whatever. So, you know, he's not going to be played by him. I mean, are we? is it going to be something that they're not going to show in the spoiler? And we're going to be introduced to a a new, younger uh, Wolverine? But, I mean, I didn't see any glimpse of him in that. Oh, he couldn't be, right? I mean, it would be listed in the cast on IMDb. They can't keep it that quiet, could they? 
you know, I mean, it's been done before. Star Wars kind of did it with the Benedict Cumberbatch character playing Khan. But, you know, since then, they've come out and said that it was a huge mistake trying to do that, that fans figured it out anyway. I want to say that, yes, it could be done, that it could be hidden. Maybe the uh, maybe the four, the fourth horseman is going to be Quicksilver. Oh, wow. Hmm. Nah, that would be- nah, it's not going to be him. He's comic relief. They're not going to change comic relief in, into the, one of the villains. Yeah, probably not. So, you know, I'm looking forward to this movie and it's cut, you know, it's this spring. We're getting a bunch of good movies coming out in the superhero genre. We're getting, you know, of course, Captain America Civil War. We're getting Batman versus Superman and we're getting X-Men Apocalypse. We're also getting Daredevil. Let's not forget that. I'm, lo- I'm really looking forward to all four of these movies. If just off the cuff, we didn't discuss this. If you had to rank them one through four, where are they going? Oh, geez. All right. Give me the list over again. We got X-Men, Batman versus Superman. Captain America Civil War, and Deadpool. All right, Deadpool's got to be one. Really? Okay, right on. Uh, I'm going to put Batman as number two. Batman v Superman as number two. And then between Civil War and this, oh, it's close. It's, it's real close, but I would probably, I'd probably put Civil War above this. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to put Civil War number one. I'm going to put Deadpool number two. I'm going to put X-Men number three. I'm going to put Batman versus Superman number four. And for me personally, it's just a matter of, I feel the greatest affinity to the Avengers characters. And I'm really looking forward to seeing the Civil War storyline. I'm looking forward to seeing Spider-Man brought into it. And then the other end of the spectrum, I don't know. I just, I, I have this distinct lack of trust in the DC franchise that, you know, I, I don't want to say it's not possible. And I'm certainly going to be going to see the movie ASAP. But I, I just I don't trust them. I feel like something's gonna go wrong. Um, I don't know. The we're, we're obviously going off topic here, but that's fine. I, I want to talk about this because it's interesting. Everyone, you know, cried and screamed and and yelled when it was Ben Affleck's gonna be Batman. But the stuff that I've seen, I really like it. I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and say he's gonna be the best Batman ever. Well, that's a limb. That's a hell of a limb. You know, I don't have anything against Ben Affleck. I don't. You know, particularly enjoy his acting, and I don't particularly hate particularly hate it. You know, I don't see him in a movie and think to myself, "Oh, there." You know, I'll never see it now. It's just that he's been so all over the place, and I thought we were past having the uh, sort of superstar all over the place actor, a la you know uh, George Clooney playing Batman. I thought we were past that. And I, Val yeah, Val Kilmer. I was really hoping that we were going to continue the trend with going with an actor who really hasn't, like, you know, made his chops yet in, in, in quite that kind of way. So, yeah, but, you know, I give him a chance. I, I give him an absolute chance. I mean, you know, he didn't ruin the spoiler, that's for sure. But, I mean, how much is that saying? Yeah, not a lot. The, for me, the thing is, I, I look at him and no other no other actor was Bruce Wayne for me. They just didn't look the part. They didn't act the part. He, you know, the character wasn't written correctly. Like none of them p- portrayed a good Bruce Wayne. And of course, I haven't seen how they're going to write or how Affleck is going to act. But he looks like Bruce Wayne. I mean, I feel like I just opened up a random issue of Batman as drawn by Jim Lee, and it's like, oh look, it's Ben Affleck. You know what I mean? It's it's, it's spot on as far as the looks go. Yeah, he's absolutely got the looks. You know, let's see. We'll 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 see what it's about, and and we'll see where it goes. So this brings me to something else that I kind of wanted to talk about, spoiling and spoilers in general. First of all, I'm going to be going to see the Star Wars movie tonight, and we won't be spoiling this, you know, certainly right away, either on the website or on the podcast. 
but it might be it might be a week or two before I get around to seeing it. So at the, at the very least, it's going to be that long. You know. Yeah. So I, I want to talk to you about the essence of spoiling. The essence of a spoiler. At what point is it okay to spoil without warning? At what point? So what are the statute of limitations yeah. on spoilers? Yeah. What's the statute of limitations on spoilers? Like, uh, let's see. Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. I, I didn't give a spoiler alert, so I just screwed anybody that's like forty years behind in the Star Wars saga. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm gonna say it depends, and it's because, at least in part, what are we talking about? Are we talking about a TV series? Are we talking about a movie? I think that you should have the expectations that if it were a TV series, it's like Walking Dead. Anyone that's a fan of The Walking Dead should reasonably have seen the most recent episode within a couple days. You know what I mean? Whereas a movie, well, it's a little bit harder to get to the movie theater. Maybe some people, for whatever reason, can't go to the movie theater and they're waiting for it to get out on video. I mean, the statute of limitation on a movie seems like it should be some period of time much greater than a TV show. I guess I couldn't put hard, fast numbers on it, though just off the top of my head i don't know yeah so i i mean i agree with you in general i think it's it's an interesting thing to talk about so we have different uh, you know concepts here about spoiling also i mean we have a quote-unquote audience and even people with you know followers or you know hundreds or thousands of friends on facebook have an audience and the moment that they go on facebook and they make some oh my god i just saw star wars you will never believe blank like they just pulled a major dick move right like they just really they were buddy efforts straight out of straight out of, you know, the definition. But at the same time, you have normal conversations. So you and I talk like every day and I'm going to go see Star Wars tonight. And I know, you know, number one, I know you didn't see it. So I'm not going to come by tonight or tomorrow afternoon and say, oh, my God, guy, blankety blank and ruin it for you. I know better. And when we watch Walking Dead, we generally, we both watch it live, but once in a while, one of us records it, but we always give it the courtesy, so did you see it yet? Now, at, right. at what point wouldn't you do that? I mean, if we were going to talk about a Walking Dead episode that was a month old, would you do that? Oh, I wouldn't even consider it if it were a month old. It might be, I might not even consider saying spoiler alert if it's a week old and we're talking about a TV series, especially, and again, quote unquote, it depends whose company you're in like i have a reasonable expectation to assume that you have seen it within two or three days you know what i mean it might not even occur to me to say spoiler alert or or have you seen it or anything after a very short period of time like that whereas if i'm in the company of somebody that i maybe don't know as well i i might only wait a, a few days but maybe a week you know so okay how about something where the statute of limitations the actual time frame is much longer but the the spoiler itself is much more much more destructive. Uh, let's bring up a good example. So the usual suspects. Have you ever seen the usual suspects? No, I've never seen that. I movie. could totally right now ruin that movie for you. Now, granted, it's 30 years old, right? I mean, by all rights, I ought to be able to talk about it. I'd be able to talk about the plot in any way I want. And, but it's 30 years old and I could totally ruin that po potential movie enjoyment experience for you. And by the way, it's a pretty good film. You want me to ruin it? Should I ruin it for you and everybody else listening who has, for some reason, never seen the movie? Uh, yeah, if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's not let's not do that. But there's a good example of one. Uh, and really, to be honest, this is not respect for our listeners. This is respect for you because you, you should see the movie. So the other movie was the uh, the I See Dead People movie with Bruce Willis. What the heck was it? M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong. What's what's this, what's that movie's name? You know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. I, I don't know. The name is on the tip of my yeah, tongue. I, I, don't, I, don't I don't remember it either. But have you seen that movie? 
Unfortunately, okay. I don't like any of that guy's movies. No, but like, there's another movie I enjoy that. I happen to enjoy that movie, but it's another movie that's like 30, it's like twenty something years old. And Six Sense, Six Sense. Thank you. So Six Sense. I mean, I could spoil it in a sentence. I could spoil, you know, the the uh, usual suspects in a sentence. In a manner of speaking, I just spoiled the the you know original three Star Wars movies in a sentence as well. But you know, it's hard to have uh, that sort of sympathy for someone that's not going to be caught up on something so mainstream as that i had an incident once with someone over while watching on videotape and this so right off the bat we're going back a ways watching on videotape revenge of the sith i just blurted out like yeah and i can start skywalker that's darth vader he's luke skywalker's father and it created a major problem for me and the person that was watching watching that with me because they had no idea. They had never seen the original trilogy at I, all? I, I guess, or it didn't register. I, I have no idea. But, you know, it's that sort of thing. Like, at what point is it okay for me to just assume a certain level of knowledge and not even worry about spoiling something for you? I mean, quite frankly, if not for the fact of me respecting you personally, I feel like usual suspects falls under that category. That it's it's just become woven into our culture and I could talk about it. And otherwise, I think it's just a matter of being courteous. I think it's a matter of giving people the option to hear it or not. So, you know, at the beginning of the podcast, we have a warning and we're never going to go just posting something like that on Facebook of any importance. And I mean, otherwise, if we were to do something in a written article, for example, you know, we put, you know, in bold letters, spoiling a warning at the very beginning, people would have the choice of continuing on or not. And I suppose that brings up another, you know, sort of interesting point about spoilers, are you able to resist the temptation to spoil things for yourself on across the board? Mm, what do you mean, like going and looking something up or, or something? Sure, or refraining from reading an article that says spoiler alert and, you know, you know what it's about. I don't mind spoilers. I, I mean, off like you'll go, you'll go see Star Wars tonight and I'll probably be like, so what happened? You know what I mean? Like, I want to know. I don't care. Uh, unless it's something that's like really, really important to me and there's such a finite number of you know, movies or shows or anything that I really, really care about enough to to want to be surprised. So I enjoy spoilers. I, I don't know. I like not like wondering what's going to happen for some reason. I don't know. I'm just weird like that. So so from that perspective, I guess to answer your question, do I seek out spoilers or like do I try to find out before? And I wouldn't say I try, but I certainly won't avoid it. I mean, I'll ask friends like, you know, give me the rundown or whatever if they've seen something before me. Yeah. So uh, prediction, by the way, within the next week, there's going to be a record number of unfriendings on Facebook. That's just my personal uh, prediction. Now, uh, as far as if I answer that question myself that I pose to you, I it depends, I guess. Uh, just a funny little quick aside. After watching the first season of Game of Thrones, and again, I'll avoid giving the major spoiler because it's such a great series that if you haven't watched it, you really have to get into it. But after watching the first season of Game of Thrones, I was so crushed that I didn't want to be crushed again. I didn't want them to have that power over me. And I still enjoy the show just fine. But I spoil everything for myself. I go online and look up what happens in the books. I look up the different fan theories. I want to know every possible thing that's going on. I do not want what happened in season one to happen to me. And I'm glad I did that because a couple seasons later, there was something called the Red Wedding. And that would have been another thing that I might have, I might have gone like all terrorists on, uh, 
on George R. R. Martin for that one. <laughs> I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I've heard about that episode, and yeah, a lot of people got really bent out of shape out of that. And here, here's a funny story about spoilers, though. I just remembered this is going back a lot of years. I worked with a couple of guys, and they were into Harry Potter, like you know, full grown men that just loved Harry Potter. You say that and, you know, like it's a bad thing. I mean, we're full grown men that are into comics and comic book movies. I mean, is it really much worse? Well, I, I guess not. It's just, you know what I mean? Like, I'll, I'll watch the movies and they're okay, but I don't like, they're, they're like going to get the new books the night they come out at midnight and stuff. I just, I think that's a little ridiculous, I mean, but to each their I own. I mean, they were written to be children's books, weren't they? Yeah, that's, that's what I guess what okay. I'm getting at. But yeah, maybe comic books are made to be children's books too. So who, who knows? Regardless. Not anymore, man. Not anymore. No, you're right. There, well, a lot of them aren't anymore. So, so anyway, they go to a midnight release of Harry Potter part four, part five. I don't remember which book because I didn't read them and. Honestly, I didn't even see all the movies. I kind of stopped watching them after like the fourth or the fifth movie. But they go and they get the book. They make sure they're like one of the first people in line and they just start reading it right there. And they're like skipping ahead and speed reading through it to find out what happens at the end. Then they just start walking through the lines of people holding the book up going, Dumbledore dies. Oh, man. I don't know how Dumbledore died. Did Snape kill him? I'm not even sure. However, he died. You know, if it was Snape that killed him, they're like, Snape killed Dumbledore or whatever the case was. And they're just walking through this crowd of people and everyone's getting irate with them. It was a hilarious story and sometimes spoilers can be fun is the point <laughs> yeah yeah you know i mean i'm gonna be going to see the uh the movie tonight i mean what if i were just some kind of evil bastard and i went and you know went to various movie lines as they were forming up over the next couple of days and just spoiled it for everybody i mean should i expect to be beaten or shot i mean i don't think you could be jailed for spoiling a movie right so but i mean you know what what a major dick move that would be i don't know if i would expect to be attacked but you certainly shouldn't be too surprised if no it were to happen. no i wouldn't be surprised to be attacked and if i lived in a you know a gun more gun friendly state i almost wouldn't be surprised if i was shot it's that kind of big deal i think to people going to see this especially the ones going to see it early right i mean anybody who's going in the first couple of days they're for sure like you know expend making a you know an event out of this it's a big deal to them and i mean oh yeah and i mean th i think a lot of people particularly of my generation are you know people who grew up with star wars who grew up you know having seen the original one the first time live in theaters people who you know grew up having the, the toys and you know there's a certain negative aspect with the commercialism and all but it still sort of created who we became and it's a common thread that people of my generation and people who connect to that generation just it's that common thread that ties us all together we should probably do a bet because you're going to be going to one of the first showings right um What's the over-under on how many people go in costumes? I, I, I'm going to say it's got to be half, right? Like, that's got to be the over-under. It's got to be that, like... No way. It, no way. No way is it half. You think it's higher? No, I think it's lower. You think it's lower than half? I mean... 10% or smaller. Oh, I, I would be shocked. At, well, I don't know. I guess it depends on where you're going to see it. You're, I, I feel like you're close enough to New York City that, like, would people come from the city to, to your town to see it? To, like, to see... You know, to not to not have the big lines and if, whatnot. If we made a bet on this, would you trust my honesty about a you know a, a good head count? Yeah, I mean, you don't got to sit there and count them like one by one, but you know, look into the sea of people. Okay, is, is it half or is it a quarter? So, so what's our bet? What's our bet? Because I'm saying it's probably ten percent or less. Is my gut instinct? I'll take I'll take over a third. We'll take over a third, and I'll take under ten percent. I'll take ten or closer to ten percent. So if it's in between ten percent and a third, it's a push. It's more than a third you win. If it's under ten, I win. Sure. Okay. Let's bet the production of the next podcast. 
All right, so whoever, whoever wins. One of us skips a turn on the production of the next podcast. Okay, and to anybody fair. listening, that's a little bit of a big deal. It takes, you know, about two hours to produce a podcast. So we're gambling with our time here. It's a minor bet. All right. So, yeah, pay attention when you go. Have a look around and and, t- and try to get a, a reasonable estimate as to how many people are in costumes. And, I mean, just walking around with, like, a toy lightsaber. I'm going to count that as being in costume. Yeah, actually, you know, we have a sort of impartial judge here. Uh, EA Rupert and her husband will be going with me tonight to the uh, premiere and I'll make sure I'll make sure that she keeps me honest. Okay, yeah. I, just remember I'm 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 being pretty liberal with the with the term in costume. So in other words, someone carrying a toy lightsaber, that counts. Anyone that has a costume or a prop or a robe or you know what I mean, they don't have okay. to be dressed up like Darth Maul or Darth Vader, okay. but you know okay. they're making they're making a show of it. Okay. Right on. I'll go with that. I'll go with that definition. So we're not talking full cosplay, just effort. Right, exactly. All right, cool. Well, we'll reveal the results of that bet next week when we do the next podcast. Uh, I don't know. We're probably rounding about the end of our time sl- slot or segment, rather. Is there anything else you want to throw in here before we wrap? No, I mean, uh, anything that you want to get at next week? I mean, I, I could give a quick report on Star Wars without spoiling it next week, but I, I think I know what the answer is going to be. I, I think it's just going to be a good movie and it's going to be a... A recommendation. Uh, that's what I'm hearing from a lot of the other criti- critics already. Any direction you want to go in? Uh, you know, off the top of my head, I haven't even really thought about it. Um, you know, what's on the horizon that I'm interested in even right now? We're kind of going into the, I don't know, slow season, aren't we? Like as far as TVs and, and, and movie and whatnot. But yeah, I'll look around and see what I can dig up. I'm sure we'll come up with a few topics that are interesting. Yeah, I mean, I guess we're getting into Christmas already by the, by the time we do our next one. And, you know, right after that, New Year's. I suppose we haven't done gaming in a while. We should probably look for something to cover for gaming. Uh, a, a quick suggestion would be, and we haven't touched it in a while, is Marvel Heroes. And Marvel Heroes just released a new game mode. Maybe that's something we could check out between now and the next podcast and give a little report on it. Yeah, we, pr- we probably should have spent the hour to take a look at it uh, before we did our X-Men discussion today. But, hey, c'est la vie, I guess. Yeah, we'll give it a shot. All right, so until next week. Yep, sounds good. Take care.